0: This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nikidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully ever, 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona.
1: Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything so jess has been doing her long runs interval sessions and she will be tackling the final 10k in the underarm infinite elite shoes
0: yeah big focus on endurance and a brand new foam which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs so if you want to know more head to the link in the show notes This is the Running Channel podcast with me, Andy Badley, Rick Kelsey over there pressing buttons in the corner making himself useful and thankfully we've got rid of Sarah Hartley this week and replaced her, upgraded her with (laughs) Mo from the Running Channel who's fresh off the back of running at the Copenhagen Half Marathon which is what we're going to talk about this episode all about running a faster half marathon or maybe your first ever half marathon
2: so glad to see the back
0: of her (laughs) we love her really and she will be back next week but welcome mo i don't want her back (laughs) (laughs) mo's Mo's sneaking in he's taking her place okay let's get stuck in
2: well new week new cast here we are (laughs) this all looks cozy how's the chair Oh, the chair's fantastic. It's yeah.
3: a bit warm and there's like an indent where Sarah used to sit. But to <laughs> how, are you, to keep... how are you squeezing into that indent? You know what? Is it I'm, working yeah, all right? I, th- I think I'm taking up quite yeah? a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so we're going to get into your sub 80-minute half marathon, mate, shortly. But, I mean, first off, Andy, how's your week been running, was? Uh Good,
0: actually. So, I mean, I've
2: been getting a fair bit of support on
0: Strava when I've been posting actual training, which mm. I have been doing now for a substan- substantial amount of time, really building up to this marathon, where... Uh, people are saying stuff like, oh, they won't be able to make fun of you on the podcast anymore. I mean, <laughs> you absolutely will. You will, yeah, we'll <laughs> find, that's, that's, we'll not, find yeah, a way, we'll find a way. Yeah, that's not going to change anything. But yeah, I did my longest run to date at the weekend. So 14 miles, 20, nearly 23K, um, which was a revelation. That's my longest run in years and years. I'm really impressed
2: by your commitment, you know. Thanks. So, because we were out filming at the New Forest Half Marathon last week, after we all finished the the 10K race, it was absolutely belting it down. Yes, and it Andy, horrible, even despite being there, as you know, you know, uh, uh, helping out, should we put it, <laughs> decided to get out there and do another 10K at the end.
0: Yes, yeah, so that was the week before. Commitment. Yeah, so that was my first, Commitment. T- first foray over 20K. Yeah, I did yeah. just over 20K. Two lots of 10K in the beautiful new forest, so I wasn't complaining. But yeah, I've done that. I did a, an intervals session, um, which weirdly, I've just been really enjoying the challenge. I much prefer the intervals though, like... The time seems to pass much more quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I my mentality is really focused on like ah, I'm going to hit these paces and that's I've, I've, yeah I've I've really enjoyed that that challenge and I, I'm I've got a bit of a glow and excitement about, yeah. about this marathon madness that
2: I never thought mm-hmm. I would be motivated. <laughs> for are are you? In, are you feel like you're on target?
0: Yeah, I'm feeling. I mean. Still the distance that worries me rather than the pace necessarily. So just getting around and I'm getting various aches and pains when I'm running. Different things hurt all the time, but hopefully nothing major. So yeah, I'm feeling comfortable with my fitness
2: Mm. uh,
0: and and the paces, but just a little bit worried about the distance still. I still find it a little bit kind of intimidating.
2: So when are you going to get up to, you know, the 20 mile mark?
0: I reckon that's in about four weeks or so. I've got uh, an extra run in this week, so from going for three to four runs, but my longest run is shorter this week to kind of recover yeah. from, from the, the build-up over the last few weeks. Uh, and then I'll go again the week after, which will be a 16-mile run. So um, I, uh, frustratingly, well, I've been working in both Ks and miles, um, which so we're like, oh, yeah, go and do a 10-mile run at four-minute
2: something K pace, which is a stupid way of thinking about it. I mean, for for it, someone who's running two Olympic Games, I mean, that just seems stupid. <laughs> yeah, but it keeps me... Part of it is it keeps me thinking whilst I'm
0: running, thinking about the different things. But generally, I've been thinking, I've moved from when I was competing as a pro to doing everything in miles, to then doing them in Ks because it sounds further and yeah. it sounds yeah. faster. So.
2: <laughs> well, I tell you what, I was only thinking in kilometers when I was doing my first 10K last Here we week. go. <laughs> really? I was only thinking in, absolutely. So New Forest, there's a video that's actually just come out about it. So um, the first 10K back, Andy, what were the conditions like? <laughs> so before I tell you the conditions, just like
0: to, 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 I know we make fun of each other on this yeah. podcast. This is one of my proudest, sort of most really? heartfelt emotional moments oh. on the channel oh. was seeing you, uh, at the, this race, back racing again. You know, we, uh, anyone that listens to the podcast knows Rick's been through multiple surgeries. It's uh, like this, uh, and has had a very different background in running to me. So it's, but, you know, we've been friends for a long time and... Being there and experiencing that you with you was amazing. But yes, we got there hottest weekend of the year, weirdly mm. in September, and then also we just about to start running and it started uh, raining, <laughs> raining pretty hard.
2: So it couldn't have been a weirder kind of build up. It was unbelievable. The weather in London was clear blue skies, thirty four degrees, and you know hundred miles south on the on the south coast, it was just pelting it down the whole race. And, you know, it's all about, obviously, getting back into running and doing a race again. You're getting used to those run conditions and what it's like to be back in a race amongst people. You know, the hustle and the bustle, feeling your way at the start, getting across the start line, you know, setting yourself up, food, fueling. But then all of a sudden, you're dealing with something that you really didn't expect to be dealing with as well, which is essentially the weather and the courses. We build this up, but it honestly is stunning, the the New Forest. Uh, The New Forest is my...
0: Place you love it you lo- love going yeah, yeah, i rave about this all you, the time
2: you, you <laughs> just go and camp there on a tuesday night uh, <laughs> yeah. it is is absolutely amazing um i found it really hard though guys really because
3: of, because of the rain
2: I, I i found the whole race environment condition uh, uh, just because i was just so mentally out of that state i found it really hard just kind of i was trying to pace myself just stick kilometre after kilometre just to get through, but in the legs to get over the 10K, I found it really tough, but absolutely exhilarating. Uh, yes, yeah, so how did it feel at, to finish? So we're, um, a bit of a spoiler. Obviously, Rick did yeah. finish
0: this 10k. That's why I was so emotional. It's an amazing clip of me giving you a hug afterwards. Actually,
2: I tell you what, I was really angry at some grass in a field on the last 10k for being about <laughs> knee height when I was just like, oh, I've run on some gravel the whole way, just getting through. It. I'll just keep keep going. And he's like, oh my gosh, I've got to run through a field of barley. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
0: I mean, he, he's talking about what's essentially a very well manicured golf course. But other than yeah. that, well, all right,
2: They'd let it go. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) um no it 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 was absolutely phenomenal it felt amazing to be back running just to get round just to hit the times and you know I I always said you know the aim was to get round and stay in no pain and train to be in no pain at all times and and that's what I did so really exciting
0: yeah and and it's a really good like uh, I'm training for something I've never done before Mm. you're trying to get back to something you have done before but you've been on this real kind of Injury journey. And then Mo has been chasing personal bests. So Mm. he's fresh from Copenhagen half marathon. So, how are you
3: feeling? Uh, Yeah, no, I I mean, I feel like it's training for something I've never done before because of the the pace that I was trying to go at. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, one, well done. It's incredible that you managed to do that 10K. Thanks, man. And uh, 20 miles is is coming around the corner and that is very scary. So, what uh, for uh, me? Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) That's not the kind of pep talk I wanted, Mo. (laughs) Sorry. But I have no doubt in my mind that you'll be able
0: to complete it. Thanks. He's, yeah, well, I mean, half. yeah, yeah. That's not what you're saying off mic. You've got you've got absolutely no, favor, no, no sorry, faith in me at sorry. all. Um, <laughs>
3: no, Copenhagen was incredible. An incredible experience. And genuinely one of the hardest like challenges I've set myself on the back yeah. of like the sub three marathon Sub marathon is to do like an eight minute half. And I only yeah. gave myself 80 days to do it uh, just because it had a nice ring to it. 80, um, days, to 80, 80, yeah. right? so 80 days. So that's, to the, that's
0: the, uh, the time that you'd set yourself. So sub one hour 20, which is not messing about. Mm-hmm. And for anyone listening, hopefully they've seen it. But there's an incredible video on The Running Channel of... Uh, Mo taking on his, his sub three hour marathon attempt yeah.
2: early this year Again. including one of the best final scenes of a uh, running channel video I think I've ever watched
0: yeah I feel like that's like Netflix documentary it is, level it is, it of it really like
2: is. emotion and editing yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah, Not yeah. From yeah. The,
3: the
0: editors really did it hey Mo alone,
2: but... the, the 80 days thing this is just harking me back here Andy's going to help me out because he's a geek Uh <laughs> Phileas Fog, was it, around the world in 80 days? Yes, it was, around was. the world in 80 Thank days. Thank you. Yeah. But you decided to go with that thing. Yeah, not, not Train for it in 80 days.
3: going around the world, but yeah, only done a 21.1 kilometre. But yeah, no, it
2: was, but, it was, but take it on from start to finish, training-wise, 80 training days. Training-wise,
3: 80 days, yeah. So yeah. I just got back uh, off the trip of, I was in Chamonix doing a 10K there, which is beautiful. Um, not hilly, new very, forest. yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, very hilly, very nice. And then I was just like, oh, I have 80 days left. And I, I was like, what kind of target can I set myself in 80
2: days? I see. Yeah, and you're starting I like, at, uh,
0: I mean, and that's, that's a good training block anyway, because mm. you know, it's more than 10 yeah. weeks. Yeah. Um, but also you were starting from like a really good base, oh, for obviously sure. yeah. po- post the marathon. So the aim of this episode is to do a bit of a deep dive into your experience in Copenhagen. So a debrief on that. And also maybe just a few tips that we hope are applicable to anyone. It doesn't matter whether you're running your first half marathon or you're trying to run a brand new PB, Regardless of what that time might mm. be, then mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there's something in this for for everybody.
3: Let's let's cut straight to the start line. How are you feeling? Okay. Straight to the start line. I was so it was very, very hot on the day and it was eleven eleven fifteen start. How hot? After, uh, it was like twenty two degrees. Which for oh, me, mate, New the- <laughs> Forest was 27. No, know, which <laughs> tropical <for> me, <laughs> climbs in the UK? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, obviously, I've never raced in that kind of condition. It's normally like in the teens of degrees, or
0: yeah. And 11:15 is late as well, 11, right? For a half was
3: a late start. The yeah. fact that I was in a different country, I didn't get to prep like my meal the night before. We oh, all went out for dinner, which yeah. was great. But I'm very particular. If you watch the sub three video, you can see me weighing out my mm, porridge. Yeah, part protein, of your routine. It's like yes, part of my a routine. Nice,
0: but then it's difficult if you if that's then falls out of your control did that throw you off
3: yeah precisely so when I got there it was like I knew I wasn't going to be able to control exactly what I was eating to like the gram which is absolutely fine like I was like if I don't get it like what can I how can I still make the best of Mm. this so got there had my cereal as you do (laughs) um had like carb loaded as much as I could Copenhagen is very expensive so uh, yeah (laughs) it's a very expensive city um, so
0: why didn't you carb load? I was just, uh, yeah, just the, price, it. <laughs> the price per kilogram of carbohydrate is just, it's priced me out.
3: But, um, yeah, so we got to the start line 1115. I'd eaten like three hours prior. So I was in, I felt like I was in a good place. Yep. Um, and it was just so, so like packed so many people there. Yeah. How do you know how many people run that race? Cause it's a I big it race. Like 26 or 27,000.
2: Okay. Well, um, that's a lot. well, that's a lot. Which for is quite a life, a lot. Yeah.
3: And to be fair, the most uh, like 110 finishers I've ever seen in a race for a half marathon. Which
2: is oh, so it's faster. The, the, far, very the, fast course. The, quali- the quality, the quality of the, the athletes are involved very is fast. really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: but I found myself, so when you look at other people's bibs, you can see what wave they're in. And I found Hold myself up. amongst people running one forties, two hours okay. in my wave, yeah. uh, which was very interesting. So I was trying to weave and get in front of them. Granted, I did arrive a little bit late. Um, yeah. I was trying to yeah get to the front of the queue and then it was just like gridlock. So yeah, this is I we've accepted.
0: Joked about this on the podcast, but this is the one thing I'm not really prepared for at like a mass participation race is that I did have that luxury as a pro athlete. Like you literally just line up on the front of the start line.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, just, uh, and you, you have, and have special not, access
0: yeah. to get there, and you could you could literally plan your warm up to the minute. And then be like, right, I'm going to go and stand on the start. Hey, welcome, mm-hmm.
2: welcome to the pleb world.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah us then, normies, this is what we have to do. It's quite with. a lot to deal with, isn't it? Because you you've got to join a wave,
2: and then mm-hmm. that wave will have quite a yeah. large contingent of of different time goals in it. You know what, Andy? You've just said something really interesting. Not that you don't normally say things that are really interesting. (laughs) But um, um, in fact, one of my favourite comments last week on the podcast was, I've watched Andy Padley run for years. Who knew he was actually quite funny? (laughs) (laughs) Is that from you? uh, Yeah, it was. Rick from North London. Uh, Rick's Rick's mum. But you know, when you set yourself up for a, a race mode, so you have to put down what time you think you're going to run it in. Yeah. Now, most people, when they write that down, and Andy, you've obviously got to do this for mm. Valencia, what time you think you're going to run, because that's how they set up the race organizers and put you into the specific ra- wave. So the, the raves, raves, the raves w- the yeah, rave yeah. into the into the rave, so the rave goes smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, people just see that. And the, it, it's so blasé, they just go, Oh, I'll do it and about that. Yeah. I've, I think yeah. people put such little thought I into think you're that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and actually it gets to the day and you go, Oh my god, I've got a red I've got a red tick on me. What does that mean? You've got a yellow tick on yeah. you. You've got yeah. you're faster than me. Hang on, why is red behind yellow? Or yellow's behind green? I think people need to think a little bit more when they go, oh, what time should I do my 10K? And, oh, I'll do it in about an hour and 10. And you get to the start and you are just weaving for the first 20 yeah. minutes to get mm. back actually where your proper fitness and is. I,
0: I wonder whether it goes, which way it goes, whether people are like blase about it and they put down, I'm going to run.
2: Uh, let's Say
0: say it's a, it's a half marathon. They're like, oh, i put down, I'm going to run two hours, but they're actually easily going to run an hour 45. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whether
2: it's the other way. Like definitely when I was... Oh, so you oh i see so you think people play it down
0: maybe That's I, so I, genuinely this would be a really yeah. interesting poll wouldn't it but like when i was competing there's a, there's a level below the kind of elite fields i guess yeah. in, in the uk called the british Miners club and that's how i and i still used to run in these races all the way through my career but that's how you started as a teenager yeah whatever mm-hmm. and so you would have to do exactly that you'd have to put down your target time but everyone was lying Everyone, because you wanted to be in the fastest race. So there was like A, B, C, D, E, F race for the 1500 metres. So everyone was hyping. Yeah, so, so you'd be like, how much will they believe? Because back then when I was running, there wasn't, you know, the extent of, of, mm. of internet race results as there is now. You had to literally get Athletics Weekly and scroll through the pages. Yeah, the 1890s were difficult. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I had to wait for a telegram. <laughs> um, no, they, they and so yeah, you'd, you'd just... Now I think they'd have, they'd seed it based on recent results. So you wouldn't be able to tell you like, I'm going to run 10 seconds faster than I've ever yeah. run before. But back then, like when I was running, that's what people were doing. So you'd yeah. be like, you'd have to put down a time that was so much quicker than you could actually run just to get into a. So yeah, I wonder whether people- yeah, you, yeah, you're
2: your own hype man, essentially.
0: Yes, I exactly. think yeah.
3: there are certain races that ask you to put in your previous PB with like mm. proof now. Yeah. Um, so you can't ju- yeah. like, go into the faster waves if you haven't. Like if you're not roughly around that pace, yeah, which is quite interesting. But yeah, again, like no one was checking any of the waves like, as we got there. And because yeah. there were so many people, it was virtually impossible. And it was like, it wasn't a rolling, it was a rolling start, sorry. So it was like, everyone could have just jumped in the first wave if they wanted to. um so it did like you said it takes about 20 minutes but it took me if if we if i was to like go through my splits took me a good 10k to be able to actually open up my legs and get to my half marathon so literally half of the race which is half the race um so i actually ended up running the second half of the race quicker than my half marathon pace yeah just to make up time and by then i i was already like a distance behind so every time my watch would go off on a kilometer yeah i'd run an extra like minute or two and then see the kilometer mark Mm. and like you say um kilometers you do feel faster because you're seeing them more regularly yeah. but you, there was mileage or i mean there was signage every kilometer to let you know so it was like you couldn't you couldn't ignore where you were at i like to see so you knew where out.
0: you were at even though your watch was telling you something different exactly. and then that's quite disconcerting yeah, isn't and it?
3: then for me i just i had to like do mental maths on the fly and i'm not good at maths <laughs> um so it was like trying to figure out by the time i got there do i actually like can i actually make it or not know, yeah. it was like at a halfway point it was just i, I hadn't i had no idea
0: so did that sort of throw your game plan out of the window and you've, you're almost just focusing on that frustration whilst running rather than just being in your flow?
3: Yeah, so I, it, I I did get quite frustrated early on just because I couldn't like get to the pace that I needed to get to. And it, I knew it wasn't because of the ability in my legs to get there. It was, I just couldn't find my way around and I kept mm-hmm. weaving. Um, and then like, cause the plan was to run the first 5k slow uh, and then, yeah. you know, pick it up. That was the game plan. And by 10 K, I still hadn't gone into, like, you hadn't been able to pick base. it up. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was just thinking, what's Andy going to say? What's Andy, gonna, Andy Hobdale? Um, ignoring, I've been ignoring a plan cause I knew he was tracking me. Um, and then it was just like, I have to, I have to do something now. Yeah. Um, and I found myself, yeah, speeding up around 10 K in, but it was like, cause it was such a hot race. People were dropping like flies. i oh, really? Seen so many people passed out. So
0: whilst it um, frustrating, maybe do you think you sort of saved yourself from by, by like being forced to, to go slower at the I beginning? Th-
3: yeah, no, I definitely think so. And I, I, I said to myself like uh, mid-race, I was like, this is supposed to be fun. Like yeah. ultimately for me, I run for joy. I'm not breaking any records. I'm not, you know, this isn't, I'm not going to get a gold. I'm going to end like 14,000th place in this race. Like, it is, you know, there is no first, second or I, third. I, you
2: know? 14, <laughs> no I bet you weren't 14,000th.
3: There's no podium. I bet you're about yeah, 14th. <laughs> <laughs> I mean i did see yeah no um it was <laughs> <laughs> it so i was like this is supposed to be fun i just had to remind yeah. myself that i'm supposed to enjoy this so whether yeah. whether i get the time or not yeah, yeah we, you just got to liberate yourself of that
0: yeah, yeah we've talked about that as well just being happy mm. in your running and and general life like makes you a makes faster, you run faster runner yeah. like it's uh it's just a a way of you know you don't always need to be comparing yourself to others or, or whatever just just get out there and yeah, enjoy it. So that's actually a really nice mantra that you had, but I yeah. appreciate you also had a very clear goal. So it's kind of, of course. done marry, yeah, those, yeah. marry those two things up.
3: But I do think that that was one of the things that actually did actually, you know, turn around and make me run faster, which I guess is the topic of this podcast is like yeah. how to get a faster half marathon. And the first point is be happy while you're doing it. Like be happy while you're training, be happy yeah. while you're running and you'll find yourself running faster.
0: And part of part of happiness is, is, is being... Um, kind to yourself mm. so like i guess an interesting question that's not too much of a tangent is how kind to yourself are you if a, a workout that you've planned as part of your half marathon training that 80 day build up doesn't go right or if you miss it
3: i think it's very dependent on how close or how far away we are from the the total finish line like in the first like 20 30 days there were certain workouts that i just couldn't bring myself to do um like there'll be like eight times 1k for example, and I can only do like six reps and I just couldn't do the last two. And I was like, forgive yourself, you still got 60 something days left. Mm, but and yeah. then closer to, closer and closer to the, the final, I was like, I have to really nail in these paces. I have to really nail in
2: like- Eight times 1K at what pace?
3: Uh, it would probably be at like 3.30 per kilometre. Okay. So uh, 10K pace rather than- Yeah, yeah. Rather than, so, yeah, yeah. than half-map yeah, yeah, pace, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it would be, yeah, so now I have to, I really have to nail in these paces and I didn't, so I think the last like two or three weeks, I didn't miss a single session and I didn't, like change it or adjust it based yeah. on how I felt I just had to get it done yeah um yeah but, yeah. but
0: not like I guess sometimes stuff happens that's out of your control like yeah. you don't get to weigh out your food you don't yeah. get in the right wave or you maybe your training hasn't gone right so like one of the big lessons would be to just be adaptable and go with the flow and, and stay happy with yeah, it yeah
3: of course that adapt- adaptability is the, mo- the most important thing yeah. when it comes to any well it comes to life in general but any sort of training block and having a coach that is also just as flexible as you yeah. in terms of it doesn't you know, beat you up for like yeah it like, doesn't exactly. give you a hard time oh why haven't you done this thing <laughs> yeah um and obviously we were filming quite a bit during the duration of 80 days so things that you know things i found myself doing more mileage or i did get injured in those in in that 80 day period where i had to take two weeks out completely from running so that shrunk down my window yes. quite a bit yeah um but again andy was very flexible and,
0: yeah so and then you're able to kind of i know i spoke to you about it like build back up sensibly rather yeah. than like rushing back up to your previous mileage all of that sort of stuff yeah. just I guess our last question on the training is what was your longest run?
3: Uh, I think it life? was 24 kilometers and I was once yeah. so like, it's over distance. Yeah. Over the distance. Yeah. Uh, but I was about four or five weeks out. Yeah. But a lot of it was nailing in the paces cause I had no doubt in my mind that I'd be able to hit the distance cause I've covered half yeah. and marathons yeah. before. But yeah, so twenty-four kilometers was my longest for a half marathon training block.
0: And that's a good takeaway. There is a difference between doing a half marathon the first time where you are looking to probably complete the distance comfortably if you've done only done a 10k yeah. before. Yeah. In which case you probably don't need to go over distance like you've talked about. But then if you're really going for a time, mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're doing, you're focused on paces and so on, and you have run a marathon distance before, like you go have, over. Then you yeah. can go over yeah. because it gives you more comfortable you're more comfortable with both the pace and the distance. But we haven't even mentioned it. How did you do? What what happened when you crossed the line, Mo? What time did you did you end up with? I know it's not the be all and end all, but yeah, people want to so
3: know. Crossing the line, I uh crossed at one twenty fifty Fifty-two, one 120, 52. Okay, yeah, so fifty-two yes. seconds outside, fifty-two seconds out, which um, was disappointing for me, but also my watch went off at half marathon distance at one nineteen fifty-four. Uh, so in my head, so yeah, 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 you yeah. you did it, and people were in the way.
2: So that, let's just call was, it. Let's just call my it a win. Excuse,
3: I yeah, ended yeah. up running a good two hundred and twenty meters over, but I, you know, I take. But it that, was your, that was your weaving. That was your weaving. Still like a ten-minute PB. Yeah. For me, well, that's so. the thing.
0: I think you set yourself a really ambitious goal, which I would always encourage people to do. You've got yeah. to set an ambitious stretch goal mm-hmm. but one is that you could do yeah like, like there's no point in going crazy and thinking that in 80 days i'm going to improve from an hour 45 to 80 minutes yeah for sure. um but like you you set something with the knowledge of a coach and, and the running channel and you've got so close so you, yeah. does this mean you want to go and do it again
3: we'll we'll find out we'll see Uh, of course he does of course he does of course I do and I will be I will be getting it both on the watch and the chip time next time (laughs)
0: Uh, well that's incredible if anyone's got any questions that they'd like to ask Mo directly they should email in to podcast at the running channel.com or any questions you've got for us because up next we've got news stories that we've all think are interesting in in the, the world of running this week followed by the best bit. Your questions.
1: Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now at The Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule.
0: Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace and you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that and the infinite elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's hover plus so that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return so that's what this is all about
1: yeah and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes don't forget this episode is sponsored by puma running and their nitro range of running shoes andy you're not too good at pacing are you Hang
0: on, what, what, how we am I being thrown under the bus here? We asked you to run
1: a 20 minute 5k and what time did you run?
0: 18 minutes something.
1: I mean you were close. Ballpark. You you were close. Ballpark. Better to be under than over right? Yes
0: that's what I thought.
1: Yeah well good news for you we require your pacing duties again. So
0: good news for me maybe not for anyone else who's who's allocated to me as a pacer.
1: Well potentially not I mean you'll get a really big PB. We are (laughs) going to be running a 10k event later this year and you listening right now have the chance to be involved. It's very very exciting. Yeah
0: we want to help as many people as possible to run a PB whatever that PB might be
1: it's going to be in collaboration with Puma as well so keep your eyes peeled for how you can sign up and don't forget that we've got the discount code of Puma TRC25 for 25% off so head to Puma.com
2: so every episode we pick a new story from the world of running to chat about and Mo. You've got one this week. What have you got for us? I've
3: actually done my research
2: this week. Oh, uh, we've well, well, we'll official left. numbers. Sarah doesn't. Yeah, that
3: makes a change. <laughs> with official numbers. Um, <laughs> I, I was super proud of a half marathon distance, but uh, a gentleman by the name of Johnny Davis ended up running oh. the tube lines. I'm not too sure if you um, if We you have. Saw that. There's yeah. an article
0: about this on the Running Channel website, in fact. So like, it's, um, So yeah, this, he ran 572
3: kilometers. In 11 days? In 11 days. 11 God. different lines? Explain, explain. So he was running a line every single day for 11 days to raise money for the charity Calm. So the tube lines... In London? In London. Yeah, there's 11 Um, different lines, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So he'd start at the first station and end at the last station every single day for 11 days so some distances were like 30 something kilometres a day and some were up like to 90 90k and he had a he, the easy day was the uh, Waterloo and City line
0: so uh, he, he did run 3k uh, on that day I, I think yeah. I was going to say
2: the poor sod had to do the Metropolitan line one day that ends up somewhere in Hertfordshire yes. or Buckinghamshire. That's yeah, it's, Buckinghamshire that is a long way out that isn't yeah. It? So,
0: so yeah I just think it's an amazing thing because it Sounds fairly innocuous. You like the tube line? That's central London. You think it's those lines aren't that long? And we actually did a race on the running channel where I raced Sarah. She got the train on the Waterloo and City line, and I had to run above ground. <laughs> um, Who won? Uh, she did on the train. Did she, she beat me. But honestly, it was the closest. It was by about ten seconds. That's insane. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that was only 3K. Yes. Yeah. So 500 odd K is, is, is absolutely
3: bonkers. It's but crazy. At least he skipped all the delays. There were, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It doesn't matter about any strikes.
0: Right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's well played. I love that. I yeah. We should do that um, challenge on the tube again sometime.
0: Yeah, because there's some amazing stuff from from years and years ago on YouTube, isn't there, where people will hop off the carriages and Run up, up out of the station, try and get to the next station, and down onto the same tube, out the same carriage uh, as their friends who are filming on the inside. They're they're amazing. We haven't done that.
3: But. I say I say we pick a line each and, and we go for it. Okay, uh, chalk wa- wa- on the water. Waterloo thing.
0: <laughs> 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 Andy, Which uh, yeah, for any non-London dwellers, it only has uh, it goes from Waterloo to Bank, and that's it. I think. Which
2: for the majority of you listening, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. yeah. but just
0: but yeah, it's it's a basically a two-station line. I think. Yeah, Between yeah. two points. Yeah, uh, Andy, uh, what you got? Right. Mine's very different. Uh, I'm going to bring us back to my passion. The, we've you know, not recently had the world championships in athletics, but also at the end of the season, there is the Diamond League, which is the biggest competition that goes on all, all year to celebrate the world's best athletes. The Diamond League final happened over in, in Eugene uh, in the US. And there were just some incredible distance results, which we should celebrate, not least because... It's a weird type of time of year. I actually really struggled to run after the championships, to pick myself up after what was the big aim mm. of that year, Worlds, Olympics. Um, and it's late as well. It's like September. But people ran incredibly fast, which I think was unexpected for loads of people. How so, fast? So, um, Jakob, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, the kind of yep. young 22-year-old Norwegian superstar. Uh, fresh off, actually, his Defeat in the 1500 meters at the, at the world championships. But since then he's, he's on a bit of a mission to kind of, yeah, the Brits just beat him now. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, but he ran a 343 mile.
2: Okay. Punchy. Which Disgusting.
0: is absolutely incredible. So I think the third fastest of all time. Um, and what was really interesting, so that that world record stands from El Garouge back in 99 in Rome. So that is a 24 year old really? world record. So El still wounded, has it.
2: He's a wounded mm. bear. Isn't yeah. He, but he, he got
0: so close. He, I think he, uh, 343.13 is the world record and he ran 343.73 wow. so he's 0.6 for a second behind it. Yeah. Um, just watching it was it's magical for me. I love that distance but often those things are a time trial. The best person in the world following the lights or the pacemaker but this time uh, Jared Naguse from um, actually I actually don't know how to say his surname properly but from the US he was only 0.24 of a second behind him so ran the fourth fastest time in, in mm-hmm. history which is also exactly what happened when Al set set the world record back in 99 it was yeah. him and No in the end from Kenya uh, literally diving for it on the line more or less how close they were so quite unusual to have that in a world record especially
2: in the, like you say in the Diamond League as well at the end of the season post world championships yeah, when everybody's been so hyped up yeah. for it and, yeah. and is knackered yeah. yeah that's amazing and one last one same, on. same meeting uh the women's world record in the five
0: thousand was actually broken yeah. by five seconds. Absolutely smashed by uh, Um She ran uh, five seconds. Yeah, fourteen minutes dead point two one. So she was twenty one hundredths of a second off running the the sub- world record. Sub- oh, oh, so off she ran the world record. She was twenty one hundredths off breaking that fourteen minute barrier. So um, kind of is that in in women's running there hasn't been. This kind of mythical, nice round number barrier, like there was for the four minute mile and the mm. two hour marathon. There is now. But whether that 14 is minutes yeah, is it, yeah. She's only 2100. So you've got to yeah. think. And that world record's come down 11 seconds in the last three years. So just think that's leaps and bounds for, for world records. It's, it's incredible.
2: Yeah, you could have done it, mate. It was all in the shoes. Don't worry. It's well, the yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah, all yeah in the that's shoes. all the shoes. But also, the
0: shoes. also, is it the greatest generation of women's distance running of all time? You've got Segai, uh Faith Kip Yagon, who broke the world record for that 5K this year uh, Gide who broke it in 2020 Beatrice Jubet ran inside the old world record or very close to it mm-hmm. at the weekend then you've got Sifan Hassan uh, you've got to say it, is. Uh, it just yeah. is it, it is isn't it uh, I mean the, to have them all running at the same, same time, time and exchanging yeah, yeah. medals at different distances Hassan ran London Marathon in April and then th- the 1500 5k and 10k at the world championships. yeah i don't know if, i i
2: think it's because it's a bit like tennis isn't it when you had you know Federer and darl and Djokovic all yeah. playing at the same time basically and they raised each playing, other's game and they all raised each other's game that's the same with what you've got in in this distance and women's running
3: yeah i think so, it, it takes a great to create a great yeah um, yeah yeah do you think that's the new like sub four minute mile do you think a lot of people are going to start getting closer and closer to the time now or do well, you think she's going to hold that i mean
0: mile? to just to, to clear up i suppose 40 sub 14 minutes in women's 5k would be significantly harder and faster than what four minute miles course, is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it's that it's that mental barrier. So if someone breaks it, a whole bunch of people probably will.
2: Yeah. Right. Let's kick off with your questions. Don't forget, you can email podcast at therunningchannel dot com if you've uh, got any you want Sarah or Mo <laughs> or Andy to answer. Not you. Uh, (laughs) No no one wants you to answer the questions. I'm not answering anything. (laughs) Safest for everybody involved. I'm I'm always happy to ask questions. Alia, writing from a sweltering North Carolina in the US where all runners are praying no one gets too mad when they run through their lawn sprinklers. (laughs) I get what you're talking about it's also the year of the trail here so in honor of that trail running question my gps is always short compared to the distance posted on trail signs and websites so when training i need to run 18 miles do i follow the distance on my watch or the one on the trail i don't want to over or under train but the sometimes vast differences between trail signs and gps have me vexed this is such a an issue, I feel like this is constantly coming up now, how people are running training distances. Yeah. And Mo, you've talked about it before in some races in the past yeah. that you've run, that the race distance is often so much longer than than the distance that comes up and you watch. Yeah,
3: yeah. no, it's, it's it's mentally quite challenging because you, you actually don't know which to train for if you're training, like... I think the, the safer side is to train for the longer distance and hope for the best. Mm. Yeah, so if
0: you're if you're but, on the road and, and you are trying to you know break a PB, then you need to build in a little bit of a buffer into your like pacing strategy. Trying yeah. to pace it to the second and relying on a you know a, on a watch or being able to run the racing line is probably like gonna gonna end up uh, causing you some trouble. So you need a little bit of a buffer. But in this case, I do have some tips. I think the specific question: Do you follow the one on the distance on your watch or the one on the trail? So I wouldn't follow. I mean, I. I don't know exactly how much trail po- signposts there are where uh, where Alia lives. Um, but I would say that, in my experience, that's the distances marked on signposts are not likely to be very accurate and they'll be rounded up to the nearest half a
2: mile or so. So, And, I, and they might just whack it on a gate, for example. Yeah, we're, something they maybe can this a very UK to. approach. It's it's roughly a mile. Yeah, have yeah. it. Yeah,
0: that'll do. Um, but there is something that you can do which is take a look at the settings on your watch. So there's something called 3D distance or 3D pace. So if you imagine trigonometry, <laughs> oh, maybe we're gosh. not going to do trigonometry. Well, where are we going? Yeah. But no, if you, if you imagine looking down on the earth. Here's the uh, first
2: from Cambridge speaking.
0: Brilliant. Um, <laughs> so if you're, if you're looking down on the earth, then usually your GPS distance is just measuring the, the literally the flat distance from point to point. So it's measuring as soon as that becomes 3D. So I'm doing this with my hands for, yeah. for Rick and Mo's benefit. But as soon as that becomes 3D, then the point that you're measuring from space, from, from GPS satellites, is the flat distance between those two points. Yeah. But the higher one point is relative to the other, then you'd actually be looking at the long side of okay. the triangle. Not, yeah, exactly. exactly. You're, you're looking handy. at the hypotenuse hi- of the triangle. And, and
2: you speak to someone who did drama at Aberystwyth. <laughs> <them. laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to start.
0: Um, <laughs> no, the, 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 but that the, the 3D distance basically would be longer between two points compared to the normal GPS distance. So you right, can okay. turn on a setting in your watch for GPS distance, which might make that more accurate also newer watches have multiple different sets of satellites that you can set your watch to receive data from and that can improve the accuracy as well and then similarly some watches ship like literally in the box they'll be set to save battery rather than have maximal uh, accuracy so turn off smart recording and turn on every second data recording oh, wow. and again that will make things more accurate so all of those things combined should give you the best possible chance on the trails but probably you need to kind of have some kind of happy medium between the the distances that you've measured online um, and then what your watch is telling
2: you. Get to know your watch better. Nikki from the Netherlands has messaged in. She says, I'm noticing I'm getting more injuries from my slow and easy runs than I get from my tempo and interval runs. I know that my way of running changes at different speeds, but shouldn't it normally be the other way round? Any ideas about that?
0: Yeah, this this doesn't surprise me at all. This is my experience of running. Like the the I'm a way more efficient runner running more quickly. Um okay. and, and, and your foot contacts are shorter the faster that you run. Uh so the amount of time you spend on the ground um ends up being kind of more elastic. So that can have different types of risks associated with it. The impact's slightly higher, uh, and it is a little bit more explosive. So potentially I suppose um tendons and things like that might be under more pressure when you're running faster so the tempos and intervals mm. but your way of moving mechanically is is more likely to be more tightly controlled by your body when you're running a bit quicker so yeah faster foot contacts a bit more neat and biomechanically sound whereas yeah i feel unnatural running slower than a certain pace and whilst we would always advise you do a certain amount of your training you know the 80/20 rule slower in order to run faster overall those slower runs do come with a risk. If you run them too slow, that they're biomechanically inefficient for you, and therefore, you know, you make your foot contacts really long. You're sort of exaggerating everything yeah. for the sake of running artificially slow. So,
3: so yeah, no, I was going to say exactly the same thing. I'm, I'm very like depend. I used to run my slow runs like very, very slow to the point where it would be quite painful. On like both a my shuffle, needs. almost yeah, yeah. almost mm. like a shuffle. Just because I assumed that it just had to be slow, and then I realised that I can actually if my heart rate is within reason and i yeah. can still do my slow runs at a moderate pace then i find that my body adapts to it a lot easier but i think it is it, like andy said it's very dependent on just how drastic your body mechanics changes when you go from like a faster pace to a slower pace and it's also like honing in on those slower paces um and making sure that they don't ultimately lead to more pain at the end of the run I was yeah. going to ask you, Andy, what, like, what would you recommend? Is there like a specific formula you follow for a slower run compared to your faster run paces? I know you have like a list of different paces for you personally, but if you haven't got those paces nailed in, what, what can you do to, to understand your paces a bit better?
0: Yeah. So some people might be listening to this thinking, what are they talking about? Like mm. uh, we've talked about feeling one paced on the podcast before. So getting out there and doing some harder strides. So 100 meter efforts, um, just to kind of feel what it feels like to run faster and that comes with with risk as well which is why doing it as gentle relatively gentle strides mm-hmm. over a shorter distance are a good way of introducing that but if you're a relatively experienced runner with a much wider range of paces then for me and yeah, my race pace was four minute miling but my steady runs would have been six and a half minute miling and then my my slower easy runs would have started at seven and a half minute miling, yeah. and i'd have picked them up as, as i went through but the best piece of advice is listen to your body. Mm-hmm. If it feels unnatural and it, and it feels really forced, then, then don't fall into that trap. If you are running easy enough to have a conversation um, and like Mo says, keeping your heart rate in check, then that's a pretty good gauge to go off. But don't feel like you have to run incredibly slow if that is causing you kind of injury issues
2: Nikki, thanks for your question Mo it's been great having you oh it's been my absolute pleasure and hopefully uh,
3: hopefully, hopefully Sarah's yeah, sick hopefully, sometime yeah, soon oh now we're well, I'll <laughs> wishing illness in, on people what is happening just <laughs> stranded in the uh, Italian but, mountainside <laughs>
0: but just to wrap up please what, what we're asking is if you like the Running Tunnel podcast we love doing it uh, and there's no point in us doing it without you lovely people listening so please share this with any of your friends who think might benefit or might be interested in the stuff we yeah. talk about from a running perspective drop it into those whatsapp groups and we'll see you next time on the running channel podcast
3: bye see ya
0: This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do. To run her best.
1: If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.